Kia ora. Welcome to church once again. It is wonderful to see you and it's amazing just having everyone in the building here for our 10am service this morning. We just thought let's just squish everyone in for a month and we'll see how it goes. We were actually hoping by this stage of the year to have a wall knocked out and the stage moved a bit closer so we could get some more seats, but we've just got stuck with the roof issue. Uh, so pray for our roof. Be praying that we could just kind of like get finances and resolve what we need to do to put the money into the roof first before we can do some stuff inside. So just a wee update on that department. Hayden Smith, where are you? Welcome to the stage, Hayden. Actually, just while Hayden's coming up, put our hands together for Hayden. I, one more church mention. Just one more little mention before. It sh Hayden's about to share his testimony, so you can just get used to everyone just kind of looking at you and, and stuff. Um, next Sunday, we've got this man called Richard Drury coming to minister. Now, he is connected with this um, ministry called the Barnabas Project, and he is going to talk about the persecuted church globally and share some incredible testimonies of what Jesus is doing in the hardest places. So it'll be a really great uh, Sunday to come and be a part of. Anyway, this is Hayden Smith. Hayden, nice to have you here, bro. Now, Hayden was sharing with me a month or so ago just of a, a real transformational moment for him. Uh, and I thought, actually, this would be awesome for the church to hear his testimony in this area. So thanks, Hayden. Cool. Cheers, Glenn. So I don't have any notes, so I'm just going a bit off the cuff. Um, but yeah, it's just about a, a victim mindset that I've had over um, certain issues in my life. Um, so a bit of context to me, I've been saved 10 years. I think it's about a decade now since I've been coming to Thrive. Um, I've got healed from drugs, alcohol, all that sort of stuff. And on, on the journey, um, God keeps touching on certain areas um, and some areas is a no-go zone. It's not, I don't want to touch those, um, but he has been touching on them recently. Uh, I did the Brotherhood with Wayne last year, um, and that took a lot of layers off to get to where I am now, and I didn't even talk about it there. It's uh, a subject that's really hard for me to talk about, um, and that's going back into my childhood where I didn't do very well with education, I didn't do well at school, I didn't pass any tests. I got called stupid and just a lot of names really. Um, and I obviously suppressed that very far down, very far down. And I didn't realize at the time until probably a couple of months ago, uh, Emma and I went to Mike Connell, I think, is that right, his name? Um, and it was all to do with unlocking the heart. Um, and I was, I was in prayer and we were doing our thing and God touched on that subject again. And he's, he's, I felt the Spirit just say that I've had a really, like a victim mindset around, around all of that stuff that's happened all through my childhood, teenage years. Um, and that, it's like a poison really, you know, and that goes into every years. It can affect you through your work, it can affect at home because you don't feel good enough to do things. Although I know I'm saved through Christ. Um, it was just one of those issues where it was a no-go zone. And uh, as I was in prayer, God touched on it, and I did a, a mini deliverance on myself for it. I br broke the ties with it, which I've never done before because I've never talked about it to pretty much no one before. So I, I broke all ties with it. Um, I bound up some spirits. I had no names. I just bound up some spirits, and I just did my thing. And instantly, um, there was just such a peace around it. 
um, the, even to come up and share this is extremely hard for me to talk about. Um, a lot of the other stuff that I've done I can share very easily, but this subject, I think from the trauma, and it was so deeply rooted down in, in my heart, that was just one of those issues I never wanted to talk about. Um, but in, in, in that moment, God showed me healing. He brought me peace around that situation. And I also, because going through that conference, we're talking about, about the heart, and I want my heart to be pure. And when God comes into our heart, the throne room is where I want God. I can't have that stuff in there. So he addressed it. Um, and now I've addressed it with God and I've handed over because I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. These lies, these poisons that come in, they can hinder my relationship with the Lord. Um, yeah, I'm starting to shake a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's a tough one to talk about. Um, so I've come out of the box with it, but I'm still w walking through it. And, and that's okay. I think we can all probably, in areas of our lives, um, if we ask God to really look into our heart, to get really purity into our heart, that those things, it's okay to talk about them. Um, it's okay to go along to the brotherhood where Wayne is, and it's a great thing for people and men, sorry, to come and talk about um, issues in their life. At the time, I didn't really feel like there was much going on, but now when I look back at it, those layers were just peeling off. And all, for, for me, when I ask God to search my heart, it's because that's the throne room of God for me. Well, for all of us, really, isn't it? Our heart is everything. We've got to protect our heart. And that's the throne room of our identity. And this, this traumatic event, although I, I pressed it down, it's, it attacks my identity, makes me think I'm not good enough, and that's, that's not the truth. The truth is that in Christ Jesus, I am righteous. I think in John, John fourteen twenty, Jesus um, saying to the disciples that I am in the Father, the Father is in me, and he goes and and soon um, I can't remember the whole word for word that that we will be in Jesus. This is before Jesus um, died on the cross, so we abide in Him. So for me now, with especially with this subject, I know that I can just come to Christ that I can stand before the Holy of Holies, righteous through Christ. Because without righteousness, there is no holiness. And that righteousness is Christ's righteousness, which is right standing before God. And if we can rightly stand before God, that's just so powerful for me, and that can just wash all that stuff away. Mm. Mm. Thank you, brother. That's so good. Isn't that awesome? Let's just pray for Hayden and Emma. Let's get them, Lord. Jesus, we just thank you for this incredible couple and for what you're doing in Hayden's life, for where you've brought him from, for everything you've taken him out of. And we just thank you that this is a good day. This is a great year. We thank you for the next step and the next step and the next step. And we thank you for the incredible freedom that you're, that you're doing in him and that is going to be released from him. In Jesus' name, we bless this family today. Amen. So good. Just thank you for being brave and vulnerable and the world needs more guys like you that are just willing to just get up and just say it as it, as it, as it is, you know, and to actually, you know, face the inner world stuff.
and not just stuff it down. And um, I just want to encourage everyone just to hook into that process of just being a part of this incredible grace walk that God actually calls us into. I've got the scripture up here um, that says this, the path of the righteous is like the first light of dawn shining ever brighter to the full light of day. And you could see this progressive light, even as Hayden was sharing about just sharing last year and then this year, the light's getting brighter and brighter. And we sung this morning, let there be light. You know, we are a part of the kingdom of light where there's no darkness. There's no darkness. There's no shame in his kingdom. And he wants to bring this kingdom so that's within us. This is Hayden was saying, and I just think that was so incredible that, you know, we never, we never outgrow our grace encounters. We never outgrow needing His grace and growing in His grace. We never kind of arrive. He's always doing a new thing in our lives. He's always wanting to take us on closer and closer into, um, into this place of transformation. And like Hayden was saying, righteousness and, and holiness. Um, so this week is um, it's our fourth uh, week in the series Known by Love, and um, this this whole thing about being known by love, we've sort of we've talked about it as uh, as actually you know we want to express the love of God over the series, and don't we want to do that? We want to be a, a city on a hill and a lamp on a sand, and we want to be a light. But I want to flip this around today on its head because we also want to be known by, by love. We, we need to be known by the Father's love. And I want to bring this um, scripture here um, out from John 13 as we get going this morning, kicking off at uh, verse 13. And once we get into this, you'll be like, oh, this moment, I get, I know this one. Uh, so here we go. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew the hour had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to uh, betray Jesus. So, you know, Jesus, Judas is still in the room right now with the disciples. He's part of the scene. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and that he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel round his waist. After that, he poured into a basin. Uh, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you'll never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, don't just wash my feet, but my hands and my head as well. I was doing a little bit of research on feet and I came across this article from uh, Cosmopolitan Beauty Mag. Uh, magazine in my research. It's highly like deep exegesis and hermeneutics. And it said that feet are considered the least attractive part of the body. <laughs> that was in 2012. I don't know, things might have changed. But you just think, I just want to give a little bit of context to feet back in the day, 2000 years ago. There, there was only a couple of methods of transportation. You're either, you're on your feet, 
or you're on a, a donkey or you're on a, on a camel, you're walking around in sandals and the, the roads are mostly dirt and there's camel poo and there might be people poo. There's just like the stuff you just got to walk through. You just got to, you got to, you, I hope you didn't have to wade through it, but you, you definitely had to walk through it. You can't just like slip on a, on a, on a pair of gummies and, um, and, and, you know, everything that you could see on the outside of these gummies would have, would have it's likely that, that that would still be between my toes if I didn't have the gummies on. I'm just painting a picture here. You got the picture? <laughs> so the picture here is that the feet that Jesus are looking at are not even remotely clean. And I just want us to take a second look at the scripture because there's something I want to pull out of this today that I hope would be really helpful to you. In verses three to four, it says this, Jesus had, had knew that the Father had put all things under His power. The, the King James Version says that knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands. I mean, that's a moment right there. I'm like, whoa. And, and that he was he'd come from God and he was returning to God. So he got up from his meal. He put a towel around his waist. And you could leave, just leave that slide up for a moment. You, you think of Jesus in this moment. I don't know about you, but if I knew that all things had been given to me, all things had been given to me, I'd, I'd had this kind of revelation that I had authority over the demonic realm. You know, I'd really kind of conquered that thing. I'd, I, you know, Jesus had, had realized his ultimate design in this moment. Everything had been given into his hands. He had endless possibilities of, of what he could do. He, he knew where he was from, it says, and he knew where he was going. He, he, he was really assured in his identity. And so he had this revelation of his authority, his identity, his call and his purpose all in this moment. And he's thinking, how can I express what this is? <laughs> I know, I will clean their dirty feet. Let, let me do what is usually assigned to a lowly servant. He could have defeated the Roman Empire. He could have thought, man, the last three years have been so hard, I need a holiday. You know, like when we get to that point of knowing who we are and to the pinnacle of our success, and he's like, what, what's Jesus thinking about? He's thinking about his disciples. He's thinking about those closest to, them and, to him, and he's not just thinking about what's going on on the inside and their, 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 you know, their, their hearts and their condition. Oh, he's thinking about their outside. He's thinking about their appearance. He's thinking about their smell. He's thinking, how can I serve them? And this is an incredible example of who grace is to us. It's a demonstration of who Jesus is in our lives The disciples are gathered there, including Judas, who was about to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew this, but 
Jesus didn't even reject Judas's feet. Peter was going to deny him. All the disciples were going to turn their back on him. And Jesus was going to leave the work of starting the church with 12, 11 of these guys. And Peter had said, no way, you, 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 you're, never going to wash, you're never going to wash my feet. And Jesus said, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. This is who love is to us, right? This is radical love on display here. Remembering that, th that Jesus could have done so many things in this moment, displaying his authority, his identity, his call and his purpose. And he says, actually, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that by being a servant. We never outgrow being a servant to one another. And Jesus remained as a servant right to the end. We never outgrow our need of Jesus coming into our lives and, and, and needing his washing and his restoration and his cleansing. And, you know, we heard Hayden's testimony this morning, it, it just that Jesus was involved, healing and redeeming another part of who Hayden is. We never outgrow this grace. Don't ever think you've got to a point where like, no, I've got everything sorted and I can just keep a few things swept under the rug and we'll get on with life. We'll just keep building whatever we're doing. We, we need to stay humble and vulnerable and open to the hands of Jesus on our lives. Um, on Fridays, Deb and I usually go for a walk and have a coffee. It's a bit of a date day for us, or at least a few hours of the day. Uh, and, and, um, and on that time, we usually, we usually just reflect on the week that was. We kind of talk a little bit about church, just kind of, you know, just what's going on. And, and it's just a good, it's a precious time. Every now and again, I don't know about you on your day off, but I just, I have a flat Friday. Can anyone relate? You're just like, oh. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is tough. I was having one of those about two months ago, right? I was just having like a wow, wow, wow. <laughs> it was just, it was one of those. And it's okay to have those days too. And we're walking around the Northbrook Lakes here. And um, I don't know, we might have been holding hands, hopefully. No, I don't know if we were. Actually, we had a dog with us. We had our dog. And um, I don't know if you know Richard Sparks. He's, um, he's actually been a family friend of ours, and he uh, owns that uh, Rossburn Receptions place there, and he's, um, he's a great man. He's got that museum there. And so we bumped into Richard, and Richard just started having a really a neat conversation, and his dog was trying to eat our dog, and we had to separate that. So Debbie walked off, and, and um, he's, then out of the blue, he said this to me. He said, Glenn, Mark Twain once said this, the two most important days of your life are the day that you're, uh, uh, number one is the day that you're born, and number two the day, uh, is the day that you understand why. First, the day you're born, and the day you understand why. And then he said to me, and Glenn, you know why you're here. 
You've settled that in your heart. You even said something like that to me in your 20s. And I want to tell you that that meant a whole lot to me in that day. <laughs> it just shifted this mood and this sense of despair and condemnation around me. And I want to tell you that affirmation is powerful. It's one of the most underrated superpowers, spiritual gifts that we have as the church. And we need to be really ready to encourage one another and to bring it. But Richard had no idea what I was processing that day. And he just came through and it was like the Holy Spirit just got on what he said. And he just confirmed that call in my life again. And the condemnation, like I said, it just lifted. And I just, today... I, I feel like as a church, there's some things that we could easily tolerate that we just can't tolerate because of who He is and who we are to Him. And we can't just live in a constant bad mood in life and just say, that's who I am. It's so likely that your bad mood is, is connected to condemnation, to disappointment, to unhealed stuff. It's so likely that Jesus wants you to give that, surrender it, own it, acknowledge it with people around you and just say, help me, Jesus. I need to get free. You know, um, over this winter, um, we've uh, got a couple of cars. One of the cars, the battery is just it was on its way out. And you're like, I don't know if it's on its way out. I'm just going to keep charging this battery. I just go around to Peter's house and borrow his battery charger just about every week and charge it. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's the connections. Thank you, Grant Fitney. He helped me with those. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to make it through winter. We get into the car, I think, on Friday again. Yeah, no. I need to buy a new battery. So I bought a new one. You know, my point is, <laughs> if you are constantly running flat and needing to be recharged and it's like I'm just at a deficit, I want to tell you that the Bible says that, that Jesus, that in Christ you are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. He doesn't want you just to be in a cycle of running flat and just making it through the week and making it to Sundays and making it and just getting by. He is actually calling us as his children, as the king's kids, to come into the vibrancy of what it means to be in the family of God. It is alive. We're called to be lights to the world, but we can't be this until we know the very one, the nature of His love and the very most innermost being of our hearts. We could talk about being this and needing to do that as a church and needing to express and have revival and just, you know. But if we don't, ha if we don't have encounter with Jesus in our hearts, we're just wasting our breath. We're just having a form of godliness, but denying His power. We need to be real. We need to allow Jesus into those places in our heart that need His touch. John 15, as the Father has loved me, this is Jesus, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Now remain in my love. There's something so consistent there, isn't there? He wants his church, he wants his people to remain, 
not to wander, not to walk away, but to be centered in His love. And I know what it's like. You know, you can be like trying to come into this place of remaining in His love, trying, maybe you're having a day off, or you're just trying to have a devotional, or you're trying to come to church, and it's like, man, you just... All the friends and the things, not the friends, but the stuff that you bring with you, the baggage that just wants to come and be in that environment at the same time as you. A bit like this picture up here, um, if we could flick that on. You're like the zebra who's just like, I just want to come to my watering hole with, and, and drink with Jesus from the watering hole. But there's this other party that comes with you and it just doesn't belong there. It just does not belong there and you're like I think I'm comfortable drinking here but I'm like is that thing going to eat me on the left what am I talking about once again I'm just condemnation for there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus we are righteous Romans 5:17 it is the gift of uh, it's the uh, yeah the gift of grace and the abundance of righteousness that we get to rule and reign in life. Insecurity, that doesn't belong at the watering hole with Jesus. Sickness, trauma, unbelief, fear, self-doubt, it just doesn't, that doesn't belong at the well with Jesus. And yes, the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion. He wants to stay close, but we, in the name of Jesus, we need to do this Next slide. We need to kick him in the head. We need to kick that stuff in the head. We need to realize it's there and say, you don't belong to me. I reject you. I renounce you. I acknowledge that you're there because of trauma or whatever it was, but this has no part of me in Jesus' name. We are children of God, and we're called to remain in his love. It's a part of our inheritance in Christ Jesus. So what we're going to do next is we're going to take communion together, and we're going to kick the enemy in the head when we do this. I don't know if that's ever been said in the same sentence, communion and kicking the enemy in the head. And I know this is very unreligious, but this is being deliberate. I don't want religious spirits. I don't want that. I want freedom in Christ Jesus. Oh. Give me freedom. Give me Jesus. So let's um, stand up now. And just we've got some communion stations set up here and you can stand up and walk and go grab communion from the front and the back there as well. And then we're just going to come together. I've got a couple of scriptures. We're just going to sit around, sit under the goodness of Jesus and celebrate what it means to be children of God.
Now just hold, hold your horses. Just waiting for, yeah, hold your zebras ahead there. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to share a couple of scriptures. And this is from Luke and from Matthew. And he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Today he gives his body to you, to you. Matthew 26, for this is my blood. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. That's not partial forgiveness, that is complete forgiveness. His blood cleanses us from sin. I just want to dial, just before we take communion, just this moment right back to Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And I just want you to close your eyes just in this moment. You remember that Peter said, no, you're never going to wash my feet. And Jesus said, unless I wash you, you'll have no part of me. And then Jesus got down on his knees and held every foot of every disciple. There was physical connection and close proximity. just as you hold those elements today I just want you to know that his spirit is close his proximity is close and he wants to get down on his knees in front of you and serve you and wash you and love you and cleanse you So Jesus, we just thank you today. We thank you for your body broken for us, that we get to hold your body this morning. We thank you that you, your body was broken, your blood was poured out for us. We thank you for the cleansing of your blood. We thank you for the cleansing of your life. And we receive, we receive that this morning. We receive that as we take communion today. We just thank you that it says in Psalm 51, purify me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than the snow. And we thank you for your touch on our lives to be cleansed, to be washed whiter than the snow. And we open our hearts to you, to the... To, and we remember to what Hayden was saying this morning. We open our hearts to those places that we just may have be, be carrying shame around, regret around, and we just say, you're welcome. You're welcome in this place today, Jesus. You're welcome. Thank you, Lord, for pouring your life out so that we could be free. Amen. Let's receive communion.